0: The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing, as we know Off it. Off the charts violence in New York City. Eleven people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers. Officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it.
1: Guns.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, what is going on? Folks of the internet, this is the Failure to Stop podcast. You are, I don't know if I should have cut that off that fast. Dang, it's weird. All right, this is the Failure to Stop podcast, the number one show where law enforcement meets culture. And we are going to make an Eric sandwich, it looks like on the screen today. Myself, uh, the artist formerly known as Mike the Cop, (laughs) Eric The official Eric Tanzi, not just any Eric Tanzi. He is the official Eric Tanzi. There are many, many impersonators. If you are being asked to invest in crypto by an Eric Tanzi, it is not the official one. He would never do that. And so just know that. And then we have joining us today um, someone who is he has spent the last couple of days um, helping to shuttle illegal immigrants from Florida to Martha's Vineyard. Um, he's very tired. He had a long couple of days. Um, it's not easy work to, to, to corral them onto the planes and get them where they need to go. But Drew Breezy has done it. And uh, I don't know if he wants to share more about the experience or not. But uh, uh, he's oh, here
2: with us. Uh, primero, hola, senors. Uh, y uh, siéntete, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> tu no tiene identificación? Uh, that means you don't have any identification. That was kind of campy. Tienes, Tienen ustedes pollos. Mi gato es muy blanco.
3: Yeah.
0: Juan <laughs> yeah. es muy guapo.
3: <laughs> Yo vivo la, en la Casa Roja. <laughs> Por favor, hey. Right. Yo Taco Bello. What was that old YouTube video? Like first semester Spanish love song? That's all the Spanish I know is from that fucking video.
0: Anyway, guys, we're all here. The three of us are here together, and uh, Friday's show is, like, our flagship show, and we are going to break down, kind of keying in on the radio transmission during the murder of Ella French, and obviously, like, we we are aware that sort of like treading on line of duty, death stuff. We, we just really want to be clear on the front end that any sort of like humor or our interaction together with that, that is like dark and or lighthearted is not meant and will not be meant in any way to be disrespectful to anybody that participated in that situation or, or dealing with that or the fallout of the family, like coming from that background myself, I understand this. Um, But um, so just on the front end, we're going to dive deep into the dispatch response of this. Uh, Not many of you may know, but you will today that Drew has an extensive background as far as like the dispatch side of policing. So that's going to be a a huge asset to discuss this. But we break down cases current past on Fridays. On Mondays, you will hear off the cuff with myself, Dave and the underpaid producer breaking down law enforcement related news from all over the interwebs. We go out there and patrol the Internet so you don't have to tuesday nights eric and andrea uh they get dark and weird with true crime and tell all kinds of true crime stories and bring some angles and perspectives maybe you hadn't thought of and on thursdays tansy does last call to give you all the pop culture news you need to not sound like a complete douchebag at the parties on the weekends you don't have to talk about dead babies and domestics you can talk about uh i don't know space rockets and Loch Ness monsters. Flat and- Earth. This
3: week we had um let's talk, darling, Monique. She was uh one, that was like an awesome interview. She is dope. She's like this. She's dude. on the rise, man. She's on the she's rise. She's super on the rise. And she's like real connected with the, the Brandon Tatum and all those guys. And uh we broke down uh Ray J exposing the Kardashians, and man, that led to like some crazy conversations. <laughs> but she was on it, man. That was uh that was a fun episode. So
0: giddy up. So that's uh, that's on the agenda today. I don't I, – uh, the underpaid producer – so today is my my youngest son's wedding. So we kind of like had this day planned. So I had some stuff going on this morning. I'm pausing to do the show because that's how much I love you guys, and I love, I love doing the show because I'm here today. And then uh, – so the UPP is out because he has to be ready and to the venue like way before the rest of us because he's like the best man. So So I have a question and I had this
3: for Elijah and I wanted to ask him when he was live, but he wasn't here today. So I can't ask him, but I'll ask you in his place. I will know the answer because he's the best. Yes,
0: he is bisexual. And (laughs) yes, he we have put him in therapy to try to clear him of these issues.
3: (laughs) You're trying to pray it away. Pray the by away. Um, (laughs) No, uh, my real question is he's the best man and he has a ghost bed. Does he let the younger brother? use the ghost yes bed it is to a ceremony him. known as ghost
0: bed nocta <laughs> the first night is always on a ghost bed mm-hmm. so it better be like he couldn't you're afford you're the real to, best man he, he couldn't afford dead. to buy a ghost bed for his brother and so he he gets to use the ghost bed for tonight okay. good uh yeah on so, his,
2: so on his night does elijah get the left half or the right half while his Brother and New bride are in the. I think <laughs> I think it's like a closet camera situation.
0: I'm not oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, like the. That's br- popular. I, I did days. hear them talking about launching an OnlyFans of some sort for extra cash, but I don't know <laughs> the details. I'd rather not know. So, well, that's I'm exciting, man. Sure.
3: I'm glad he's getting married, and I bet you're a proud dad now. Do you get to walk him down the aisle? Is that how that? I forgot how it works. As a, as a dad. I think
0: that that's how it should go in 2022. I yeah, think yeah. that I think that I. Believe the plan is my son. I'm walking my son down the aisle, she's already going to be up there, and then okay. he's taking her last name. Okay, and Do you I'm give him to sure. her. Yes, who's yes. wearing the dress? Um, I,
2: they <laughs> or are might we not bo- allowed to ask? They might, both,
0: they might both be, and I think, mm. uh, I think what happens is, um, also their pets are going to be standing mm. in their. Uh, as their witnesses
2: and just keeping in line with 2022 let's be clear his son is only seven correct (laughs) he says
0: he identifies as a 19 year old (laughs) he does
2: and a a groomsman who
0: who am i to try to stop him from being happy
2: the
3: priest is gonna get up there today and he'd be like this here is mark him her we'll be marrying sally his her
2: (laughs) (laughs) treading lightly
0: do you sir
3: take
2: (laughs) them (laughs) i don't don't know
0: man i don't know thank god uh we and then the last wedding will be my youngest daughter in january and we will be officially empty nesters it's that's it and i am so grateful that we had our kids raised them they didn't turn out to be completely self-identifying as not what they were morons in this culture. And we have survived raising our kids. And now, now we can just sit back and watch the stupidity unfold from a distance. I
3: feel like if congratulations, you, in 2022, if you raise kids that aren't politicians, then you're winning. Like, I feel like that's where I draw my line. If my kids are like, dad, I'm, I'm going to be a politician. I'm like, fuck man, Where did I go? Where did I go wrong as a father? <laughs> where did i go yeah.
2: wrong what did
3: i do to you so messed up was it inappropriate showers i don't know
2: it and the poor kids i mean the the new bride and groom are like their entire wedding is overshadowed by the uh little mermaid controversy so i feel horrible
0: dude i i saw this. they will meme. always I, remember that do uh, t- can we tell them about go Do you want to tell them about Ghostbed now? Like you want to, okay, you want to do sure. our? Go- I mean, I don't know. I'm not in charge of the ad, so like, right,
2: but I, I'm gonna get I this
0: meme that I'll share with you guys here while yeah. you talk about that. I will. Uh, I'll pull up the meme because the the Little Mermaid thing made me think about it.
3: Uh, did you see my? Did you see my Little Mermaid reel that I did on last call? No. Oh, dude! It's you should go back and watch it. Like
0: I did read the first two chapters of your book, which were really funny.
2: Oh, you did? Yes. Oh no! Shit! Damn! I, dude. I, Thank you. N- not to one up, but I well, I'm gonna three up. I read five. I you got five, five, but I read no. two. <laughs> three up <laughs> you. Well, my youngest child's not getting married, so
0: that's true. That's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, well, no, I mean, yeah, we'll knock out of this before we jump into the yellow French stuff. Uh, oh, by the way though for, for those of you who don't know I know we do get a, a couple of comments about the banter and how long it takes this show is like 98% for first responders who are sitting in their car who have a 12 hour shift so they appreciate the banter they appreciate feeling like we're with them all day so this is a show that we do drag on because 12 hours is a long day and 2 hours is hard to talk about Ella French for 2 straight hours without making all the first responders in their cars want to blow their fucking brains out it's kind of a depressing subject so we don't want to just like flood them with all the uh, sadness and all the facts of a case. We also like to keep them briefly entertained just like a radio show which is great though because in 2022 there's a thing called the fast forward or skip button so just skip to like the 20 minute mark. It'll be on there but as far as Ghostbag goes man we love them. They've been a loyal sponsor. Since day one, everyone raves about them. They have super comfortable matches that last for and, and ever and ever and ever. And they're made in the good old, help me out, boys, USA, USA, USA. <laughs> USA. Jeez, I thought it couldn't get worse, folks. Every mattress has a 20-year warranty, and you can try them out for 101 nights. Not 98, not 99, not 69. But 101 nights, if you don't like them, you can easily turn them back. No hard feelings. One of our favorite uh, parts about Ghostbed is that each mattress has that cooling technology. So if you're uh, newly wed in the old me- the old Detroit, Michigan area and you're having a hard time staying cool, Nope, hey I have a hard time staying hard. No if you want to stay hard while staying cool, sleep on a Ghostbed mattress that's where I was going with that. One of our favorite parts is uh, that cooling technology. One hundo. Ghost bed also offers bundles so you can get everything you need. You don't have to really think about it. Just choose for the four mattresses and pick your bundle. So whether you just need a mattress at a frame or you want it all, I want it all I want it all I want it all
2: And I want it now. It all.
3: Which is just like that little job, mermaid boys. trailer where she completely butchered that song. Under the I hate it. Um, right now, Ghostbed is offering a flash sale, 40% off Ghostbed Bundle, where you get a mattress and adjustable base. Use that promo code Wolfpack, guys. Ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Get everything. Listen, if you're a cop, you need to sleep good. Go get a Ghostbed. End of story. Boom. Bam. Thank you, ma'am. Give me another one. Bam. All right. You got this meme? Meme Daddy?
0: Oh, I I, I posted it, but I'll put it up there again so you can see it. I want to see it. it. I want to
3: see it. Yeah, keep going. I put that on my story. Keep complaining about the today. I, I'm all for it, man. Like I'm all for him. T, man. I said in my reel, <laughs> I, I said in my reel, if We're gonna make a black character. Let's make a black character. Let's not take the old white character, keep all the whiteness, and then just give it black skin. Like, I don't understand it's like remaking
0: like, the A team and turning Mr. T into like Mr. P and some middle-aged white dude. It's just like give her like why, what, what does like, it matter? Like, why yeah. do people care? Plus, it's a, it's a freaking fake, it's a half human, half fish. Who yeah, cares? That's How do you what even I'm make saying.
2: One of those? Right. You know, like, it's a fish, gotta, make yeah, them we we blue gotta, and scaly. We got Make it blue to and argue about than the than the
0: race of a fish. My gosh, that's how you know you have it as a society is when all you have to argue <laughs> about and get mad about is the race of a fish.
3: Dude, have you seen the movie Cold Skin? Real quick.
0: No, the name mm-hmm. of the movie is Cold Skin. Real quick.
3: No, it's called Cold Skin.
0: No, I've never seen that. But movie it's
3: a, a very fucked up movie about like mermaids, but they look creepy as shit. They look more like aliens and everything. But it's it's like set in like 1911, and these dudes are protecting a lighthouse, and they have to do these like four months stints in antarctica and uh this one dude ends up like capturing one of these like mermaids but it's kind of like a very young mermaid it's very ugly and alien but like they're on the middle of an island anyway it gets very very weird actually the most fucked up sex i've ever had with my wife ever was after watching that movie
1: Wow, oh, it wasn't
3: because of the movie it's just because we typically make love at night but then like afterwards she was like you know what I feel very awkward having watched that movie and then just making love. And I said, yeah, that movie was very twisted. And I had to like really wrap my brain around ignoring the movie to make Did she any say of that.
0: Word. Did she say making love?
3: Um, yeah. Yeah. She, she doesn't like whoopee. Um, I don't like whoopee either. She doesn't swear. Well, I call sex it. Isn't
0: a, sex isn't a swear word.
3: No, no. I was, I was going with fucking. Yeah. But that that's the word I was.
0: Calling. Yeah. But I'm saying like, I would never say the words. Making love. No, my wife.
3: My wife says, "Would you like to go to the bed chambers and make love?"
0: Well, if it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, saying no, well, bed chambers and making love, but if that's how she really expresses it, you did use the word chamber in your book. I noticed that. I, I was <laughs> laughing, and I'm surprised the editor was. lets you get away with this whole gorilla line, also in chapter two, because that could be considered way more racist than uh, the aerial controversy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you want to,
0: uh, Eric is going to be uh, crucified in social media when this goes live. So I'm excited for it.
3: Yeah. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> it wouldn't <laughs> be the first time, but uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the first two chapters and you thought it was kind of funny. I, I call it the, I hope they serve beer in hell version of a police book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Good enough for me. Good. All right. Are we ready? What do we got going on? <clears throat> Let's do this. Oh, is it oh. all me? Well, uh, so hold on. How, you guys, if you want to support the show, here's here's how you can do that you can go to we have the giddy up boxes we've got six more in stock right now uh failure to stop.com if you ordered one over the last week it gets shipped out tomorrow because we make them like custom we get the order uh we get it to the supplier they custom laser etch it and then we get it ready to ship out so that's those are shipping out tomorrow if you've ordered one and haven't gotten it yet uh so the giddy up boxes t-shirts hats whatever failure to stop.com. You can support that way. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you want to get the perks to that, you can become a member on YouTube, gives you access to the discord, gets you access to live streams for the shows that we don't actually do live, but we like you get to come in studio with us while we record them. Uh, And then if you don't want to do any of that stuff, just share the show, Uh, hit the plus button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So that it automatically downloads, tell somebody about the show, share it, uh, you know, Put it up on so- social media. Tell your friends about it. Whatever uh, you can support us that way too. Uh, you can leave a rating or a review. We appreciate that. All of the above. We need some new reviews to read, so make them good. That's it. All right. Now I'm ready.
2: All right, it's on you, homie. Okay, look, uh, I, I don't. This is on the fly. I don't quite know how we should handle this because. Um, we did tease it as an Ella French tribute, which is fine. I mean, not fine. It's not fine that she died. God bless her. God rest her soul. And Carlos Yanez is her um, partner who was shot. And um, talk about timeliness. He just did a a Facebook post, a very touching and moving Facebook post uh, within the last 48 hours, where he pled with his fellow Chicago PD officers that if they're having suicidal thoughts or they're struggling to please reach out. And, you know, he, he's uh, turning his tragedy in, into inspiration because he freely admits that when he was, he woke up in the hospital in the intensive care unit and he found out that his partner was shot and killed. And he, he just didn't know what his life was going to be like. He, he had a bullet lodged in his brain, essentially, and he was mm. going to lose an eye. And um, he, he was ready to give up himself. Uh, mm. But then he slept on it and swore the next day that he was going to commit to, uh, returning for his wife and child. And, uh, the, the Facebook post is very touching because he, he reminds you like every hug is valuable. Every, every moment you have with your kids or every moment you have with your wife, it's, it, you know, life is here to live. So, um, you know, Carlos is in the news. There's also uh, there was also a, a plea and one of the players in the, in the whole mess uh, but we, w- what we just don't want to do is ever forget Ella. Ella French was an officer. She was, uh, I don't know where she was in her career, but she was young in life. And as you can see on screen here, not that this has to do with anything with her job, but beautiful, just a beautiful woman. And um, she was definitely loved by her community um, as the tribute started pouring out after she was tragically killed. So this was August 7th of 2021 uh, when this occurred. There was a uh, vehicle going down the road. They were, uh, they were in a car together. There were three officers in a car together, Carlos Yanez and, and Ella. And uh, there was a third officer there who, who ended up, you know, getting on the radio and getting all this information out that led to the capture. So uh, they see a car with expired tags. And what was, they...
0: Do you know what the uh, circumstance would be uh, for
2: three officers in a car? I don't. Um, it was like, a, it, um, you know, the only thing I can imagine, th- there's a name for what they were called. The only thing I can imagine is like a street crimes unit yeah, uh, yeah. or place-based investigations like they had in Louisville or something like that. I was
0: going to say in, in Detroit, they, they would have like these tac cars um, for different units at times. And there would be four four guys in a car, like two in the yeah. front, two in the back kind of a thing. Because ready to hop out and do whatever. Run, I, was, like, if you,
3: uh, I think it was like, I don't know which chapter in my book. It is, but there's one where we're doing exactly that, where we know we're about to get in a foot chase, so we all get into one patrol car. We keep the back doors propped open because if you shut them, they automatically lock. And that way, like, our plan was to just roll up and everybody bails out and chases because we knew they were going to run, you know? So maybe yeah. it's like, you know, in Chicago, they've got one dude that's in the back seat that's, you know, your track star that's going to go down
2: bad guys. Yeah, the human canine. Every, the, every squad has a human canine.
3: Yeah, and I bark like one too.
2: Yeah, in the chambers. So Ella French is, uh, makes contact with the driver. The driver is a fellow by the name of uh, Eric Morgan. He's uh, quite pretty, as you can see here. No, uh, no opinion either way on his uh, sexuality. As we find out, his lover, Jamel Denzi, is the one that pled guilty recently. Now, that's not his lover. That's his brother. His brother, Imanti Morgan, was on probation for robbery, a robbery he committed in 2019. So, uh, again... The, the criminal justice system has uh, saw the always, need to always hard at
0: work for the American interest.
2: Always. And by the way, uh, right right before this happened, if I'm not mistaken, there was a bill passed that uh, eliminated felony murder. So Eric Morgan was not charged with felony murder, from what I understand. Uh, Imante Morgan was charged with like 85 counts uh but Eric Morgan they're still being held for their trials but um there was there's no more felony murder and for those who aren't familiar with felony murder if you're in the presence of somebody who commits a felony and somebody dies as a result essentially you're responsible for that death as well so uh so uh Ella and Carlos contact uh the people they immediately smell marijuana i think Eric even admits they have marijuana and um Uh, Imanti gets out in the back seat. He's got a cell phone in one hand and a drink in the other. And uh, they start kind of talking to him and trying to get him to put his stuff down. And he is uh, typically uh, defiant. And so at some point, Eric Morgan, the driver, starts running. The third officer starts running after Eric Morgan. Then the two officers that are left behind, Carlos and Ella, uh, attempt to uh, get a hold of Imanti who is now reaching in the front seat of the passenger uh, the front passenger side of the car uh, where a, a female was previously sitting she wasn't charged with any crime she wasn't part of it really other than being a passenger and uh, the body cam shows that he turned around and he shot them he shot one in the face and I think shot one in the back of the head. so their body cam shows him straddling them and and um, uh, body cam also sadly shows that they still had their guns in their holsters, So I, I don't think they knew what was coming. They, they didn't know what hit them. This happened in the, the area of 63rd and Bell in the Englewood area. For those of you who are in Illinois or the Chicago area, I'm not familiar with it. But uh, essentially, this is a, a lesson for everybody. This this started with an expired tag traffic stop in, in that area. And uh, it led to weed. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to get too far off topic, but this is how you get guns off of the street. You, you make traffic stop based on expired tag. You smell weed. It gets you searched in the car. And next thing you know, you got a firearm. The I mean, the, the, the tag was uh, for the Oklahoma City bomber. That was a exactly registration. the front, the front ta- or it, yeah. Yeah. The uh, front. It was the, was the, front, was the front,
0: tag. front tag. I thought it was a brake light or something.
2: No, I, I thought it was the fact that the front tag was missing. That and he turned that. around on him. There should have been two plates on the car.
3: Yeah, I knew there was something to do with the plates and the registration.
2: It was something like that. So at any at any rate, um, if you don't remember this, that something particular stood out with me in this story, other than you know, beautiful Ella, who was taken from us way too soon. The mother of these, um, I don't know what to call them, but let's just call them defendants, so I can remain shit bags. Of, okay yeah so the, somebody got off a shot the third guy by the way the third officer ran back when he heard the struggle and he then saw imanti take off and link up with eric he was in the process of handcuffing eric he left him went straight back to work and then he saw what he saw and he got on the radio well imanti took a shot at the third officer the third officer returned fire and apparently hit him in the abdomen and then Amonty hands the handgun off to Eric, as in, I know I'm going to the hospital or I know I'm going to die, get rid of this thing. And then Eric takes off running again. They recovered that firearm. They also recovered a 22 in the backyard of where Eric was discovered. So it's unknown if, if that's linked to them also. So um, what happens from there is uh, it, this is a, one of the things that stood out to me was that the mother of these pieces of shit, as, as Eric has rightfully called them, Shows up at the hospital and she wants to see her baby. Well, because now she's now he's her baby and he's in protective custody in this uh, or no, not protective custody. He's in custody. Uh, and But obviously the room is protected because it's essentially you're in that wing of the hospital in jail, so to speak. Yeah. Like if you go to jail with
3: a felony fever, you don't get to have like friends and family come and visit you <laughs> right. because you've got the felony fever. We guard the door. You don't get a fucking TV. You don't, you know, you don't get any of the amenities. You're there. You get processed at the hospital. And then as soon as they say, you know, you're good to go, we take you to the jail. So that's with anybody. I mean, that's a DUI. That's, you know, anybody that gets a felony fever doesn't get to see their family. Period. That's like, that's not what you, you know what I mean? Like, that's not how that
2: works. So the pieces of shit mother, who I will refer to as an asshole uh gets on facebook live or some social media and she starts streaming saying how there's two sides to every story and i guarantee my sons were afraid of cpd they're young black men and they're always afraid of cpd so she builds this big story up like there are more details i just can't share them with you right now okay and then uh like i raised two pieces of shit that had guns on them and weed and then um She rushes into the hospital, leaving her phone on, knowing what's going to happen. She stopped by uh, some emergency room personnel who are saying, you can't go back there. And she's like, I want to see my baby. And she's just screaming, Monty, Monty. She keeps screaming and screaming and screaming. Then she just bum rushes, leaving the camera on. So if she was really concerned about her child i don't know if you would need your cell phone camera for this but she left her camera on and then of course she was ab- abruptly met by two chicago police officers who
0: I hope she got her teeth knocked out
2: i, I don't know what happened I, I really don't know what happened i mean honestly i i know what i'd wish happened but
0: if i like knocked her teeth out as a cop and then i got fired for excessive force dude i'd be like i'd be like can I, i'd make my own plaque and then i just i'd go work I'd mow lawns or whatever you know i'd like, create my own I'd, I'd make my own award ceremony i'd invite people to wear black ties <laughs> and like i would like literally throw a party for myself and be like uh officer uh former officer of the year yeah. why because i knocked that lady's teeth yeah i, I blew her grill right out yeah,
2: yeah. Merch with her like missing teeth, yeah, you know, like t shirt. Oh, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Halloween pack, you know, like a yeah, jack o' lantern yeah. template. So, yeah.
3: <laughs> you make your own GoFundMe. I throw it's a party like... in the
0: park, we'd all wear matching t shirts for that lady's toothless
2: face. It's
3: the airbrushed ones, too, like the, yeah, the, right? like the inner city airbrushed ones.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, her teeth are gone <laughs> too soon, anyway. Sorry, so, yeah. no, no, no not really. No, no, you shouldn't be. But so it's like it's it's
3: airbrush picture of teeth with like angel wings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I want to make that just because now, <laughs> in loving memory, like it says in loving memory of my teeth, of her teeth. Um, <laughs> <Marty>! <laughs> my <place>. They go. <laughs> they gone to be with the angels. <laughs> um Dressed in paradise teeth <laughs> so the other uh the, the other thing that that stands out and this is very near and dear to me and this is like uh there there how do i put this even it's it's difficult to uh, articulate that there was a positive that came out of the story because there is no positive in a situation where an officer was murdered by the way like I, i'm so tired of the media saying an officer was shot and killed yet when an officer has to return fire and kill somebody, they say they they murdered him in cold blood. But so Ella was murdered in cold blood. And, uh, but what happened was uh, there's a dispatcher by the name of Keith Thornton Jr. And uh, he got on that radio and took command of the situation like I probably have never heard before. Now, way back when, as my uh, future stepson would say, in the 1900s, I... (laughs) I was a uh, dispatcher. I started my career as a dispatcher. I did it for two and a half years. I was an emergency call taker. I was on the radio. And then later on in life, like 25 some years later, I came back as a lieutenant to run the same comm center that I started in, the same communication center that I started in. And uh, it was quite an honor to do so. Like I always heard the jokes about, oh, what'd you do wrong? Who'd you piss off? But to me, it was an honor. It was an absolute honor. And then to get to know and then do further research in what the dispatchers go through uh, even more than what I went through. um, I just felt like this is something that this is a cause that's never going to die with me. So Patricia Bounds was the other dispatcher that was supporting Keith. Keith got on the radio, took complete control of this. We'll listen to the audio in a minute. Let's, let me just tease that. What I would love to do, is go through a couple of things that officers, perhaps administrators, and more importantly, civilians, just don't understand about what goes on in a communications environment. Is that okay with you guys, or do you want to run the, no, the audio?
0: Man. No, go. You, you do it.
2: Okay, listen, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to plug my own YouTube channel because there's something else happening soon. But I, I will tell you, if you go to my YouTube channel, Drew Breezy, you'll see that I have this video up there. It's called 10 Things to Think About for Emer- Emergency Communications Dispatcher." May need to work on the title. Uh, I also wrote an article for my Substack account, Drew Breezy, and I'm not here to to you know pump my own tires. I am here to tell you that uh, I wrote what I felt, and I read the article this morning, and uh, and as I was <laughs> again, uh, and as I was reading it, I was like who the fuck wrote this? This was great. And, and I'm not saying that as in it's great. Like I'm, I'm just a great writer. Like I'm, I'm looking in the mirror at the greatest writer I've ever, what I'm saying is like, it's bringing out points that I know people don't think about. I know administrators don't think about because I was there. I I was there in the beginning as in I was a dispatcher. Then I was there later in life as an administrator and having to fight their battles and they are not only overlooked, they are way underpaid, underappreciated. You can send your Chick-fil-A platters of, of chicken um, of chicken tenders up there during National Telecommunicators Week. That's fine. Uh, they all appreciate that. But it's not it, – it, it just <laughs> – compared to what they – look, let me just get to it. Hearing trauma is no less traumatic than witnessing trauma. Just remember that. So cops always think, well, they're in the comfort of the AC and they're, they're not in danger. Let's separate two things. There's physical danger that officers are exposed to, firefighters, paramedics that are, they're exposed to. Then there's traumatic information that you take in on the scene. That's the same traumatic information that they're taking in in their headsets. You can never erase the sound of gunshots, the sound of somebody killing themselves, after they've given you their last will and testament, because it's raw. So by the time, you know, they might put into a CAD call, like all of these details about how horrific this domestic beating is. And by the time you get there six or seven minutes later, everything has had six or seven minutes to cool down, but they heard the raw beating. They've heard everything that was horrible and not to mention it's stressful because it's like pulling teeth when you're working on 911, trying to get information out of everybody. If you've ever had an, uh, an experience to call 911 or um, just put yourself in the 911 caller's mind, they're dealing with the best people at their worst times. So when they're asking simple questions like, Where do you live? or Can you confirm your address for me? or Do you know CPR? the stuff that they're met with often is, Will you just fucking get somebody here? will you just shut the fuck up and get somebody like literally that's how people talk except they're screaming at them so think of also in the police world when we go to a tragic scene like an accident or or a suicide or a baby drowning let's say uh we get the closure of being there crime scene comes the the medical examiner office comes removes the body and you know we get that closure. There is no closure in the comp center world. There is no closure in the dispatch world because we don't really communicate with them. We don't yeah, follow up kinda, with you're
3: them. You're kind of left thinking like what happened? I, I get what you're saying. It was like a cop can show up. You've got like a person that's hung themselves. Right. So we get to t- watch them be taken off of the rope. Then they get, you know, then we notify the family and the family knows, and then they get sent off to the ME's office and the detectives have done all their things and we've written our report and now it's done. It's over with. We go home. The only thing you heard as a dispatcher was somebody's like, oh my God, my uncle is hanging from a rope in the fucking bathroom. And then that's it. You don't ever get to hear anything else or have any kind of closure of what happened next. You're just taking the next call, which is probably equally as shitty. Um, You know, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on.
2: Okay, great. I mean, perfect segue because you're taking the next call that comes without warning. So you take that. Listen, I I talk about in the article, this uh, young lady, who will call for the purpose of the story, Nicole, because Mike, her name is Nicole. So <laughs> we, uh, I, I, I got alerted as I came in that morning, uh, hey, um, Nicole took some very bad calls. Like she sat down and logged, logged on and she took some very bad calls this morning, two right back to back. So it wasn't even 6.45 before she had two traumatic calls. So I went over and I talked to her. Um, and essentially what happened is the first call she got right? She put her headset on, logged in, the tone goes off in her ear. And it's a mother who is screaming about her uh, child who died of a fentanyl overdose, found him with a needle in the arm. And, you know, like a whole Neil Young song. And and, and when you think about it, this, this mother has probably been waiting for this moment for the last four or five years, knowing that this is probably going to be the end consequence. And the moment it happens, she got Nicole on the phone. So she unloaded on Nicole, you know, I mean, it's, and it's not personal, but But Nicole has to endure it. She has to get the information out of the mother and and whatnot. So she hangs up. She tidies up what she's got going on. And then a tone goes off in her ear again. This time, it's a father who's screaming, my wife is doing CPR on our baby. She's a nurse. We found the baby floating face down in the tub. So now she's hearing the screams of the mother doing CPR. She's hearing the screams of the father they're about to lose their baby because they found it tragically. Like whatever, there was a miscommunication, the baby's floating in the tub. Uh, Just imagine the horror. Now, when you get to that scene, it's probably still traumatic as a cop, but think of the raw, the minute it happens, you're hearing it live. It's a different story. So um, there's no warning. There's no like, okay, um, you took that first call with the mother and, and she beat the shit out of you psychologically. So, well, and then you as a cop, then,
3: then you as a cop, like this is like the things that cops don't think about it because then it's like a hey, um, dispatch hold me out at the corner of of Blue and West, and then they're like, you want to give me some preamble? And you're like, whoa, bitch, uh, yeah, it's four twenty four. You know what I mean? Like you as a cop don't think that fuck man. Like two hours ago, she was just guiding somebody through CPR on their dead fucking baby that just drowned in the thing. So it's like you often forget, even as a cop, how affected or you know how traumatic it is to be a dispatcher i've always had great respect for dispatcher the 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 uh artist for my book is a dispatcher jonathan bates um i'm not gonna say where he's a dispatcher because i didn't ask him permission to do that but i have a big love i have a uh, i have a genuine love for dispatchers and i always try to treat dispatchers with
2: the utmost respect because it is that is a shitty fucking job man it is it is. I mean, I, I mean, I'll go into why I think. But at any rate, so there's no closure. There's a very high turnover rate because there is a high absenteeism rate. If you go into any com center, communication center, dispatch center, whatever you guys call it, and you ask them like, "What's what's the average amount of sick time accrual you have or PTO accrual?", they're going to tell you like. I don't know, two hours, three hours, like they use it as quick as they get it. Because when you think about it, why would you want to fight with your body or your mind to go into that environment? Like they just, there are days, they just don't have it. And, and, and police administrators don't get it because police administrators are like, well, you you know, you're going to fight to the end. You just show up when you're hurt, who cares? Just walk it off. This is a different level of pain. And and so so you'll find that there's a there's like zero, you know, sick time built up, and they are actually sometimes punished for their lack of sick time. So they use their sick time freely, they get it down to zero, they make excuses, at least disciplinary issues, but it's all trauma related. It's all trauma based, and instead of embracing the trauma and trying to fix that, we do the opposite. We tend to like put stuff like that in their evaluations. Like this year, I want them to work on banking up more of their sick time, which which I never understood because that's a benefit anyway. So you're not going to say this time I I hope they save $4,000 in cash. Like get out of my business. If you, if you're, if you don't want to give me the sick time, don't give it to me, but I'm going to use it if you give it to me because you offered it as a benefit. And that was one of the reasons I took the job, right? So there's a high absenteeism rate. There's a 100 percent chance that you're going to uh, meet with a traumatic incident. If you're a cop, you you could sit p- potentially under a tree for a tour of duty, say three 12 hour shifts, and never have your radio go off, never have your digital go off. Although that's probably uncommon. But I, I but think what, it
3: depends on. I, I think it depends on where you work because, like,
2: it is. It's absolutely it, it
3: because because in southeast Raleigh, per se. Like, yeah. um, it was, it, it, there were guys that went like 20 years trying to get what's called a no hitter, which means that they didn't go to a call <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it doesn't exist. Look, when I was getting fired, I tried for a no hitter and it, and it, it just, it, it doesn't work. Now when I went to Southwest Raleigh at the very end of my career, which is the college campus, I was unassigned. Um, I still took, a, I still took probably at least two calls a day, but not in Southeast Raleigh where I took 25 calls a day. But, but, no, but I have I'm, heard rumor of like North Raleigh cops that could go like three weeks without getting a call.
2: That's a perfect game. But it, but if uh, if if you but what you're referring to are calls for service, not traumatic calls.
3: Yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah.
2: when they walk through the door, there's a hundred percent chance they're going to be traumatized in some way, shape, or form. Because listen, when you when you're driving down the road as a, as a civilian or when you're off duty or whatever, you don't have your radio with you and you see an accident on the side of the road, you pick up the phone and you dial 911. Well, what do you think the 40 people behind you are doing and the 60 people in front of you? So when there's only four people there, they're handling up to 100 or 120 calls for the same incident within a very short period of time. And sometimes those calls are very graphic. the, The place where I worked, we handled all information that came into Hillsborough County, and they ferreted it out from there. So If it was a medical emergency, they would have to make, within 10 or 15 seconds, make a determination if they're going to ship it off to EMS or if this is a law enforcement emergency. So they're hearing about the, I just walked in and my grandfather is not breathing. And like they hear all of that. And and so there's a hundred percent chance you're going to be traumatized when you walk through those, those doors. And 911 and dispatcher seats have to be filled. So When you think about like the guys in the Southeast district, if there were eight or 10 on the squad and two called out sick and one's on vacation, you know, the shift commander or the Sergeant just kind of keeps their finger crossed, but you can cover it. You'll be fine. You got detectives that maybe could come out and handle alarms or whatever. It doesn't work that way in the communications world because you can't leave a 911 seat unfilled. Somebody has to answer the radio and somebody has to run the warrants and, you can't do that so they're completely understaffed and it and it really does kind of play into the fact that they only have four walls to deal with. So when there's a traumatic incident to, to say, say, Eric, you, you're in the southeast district and you handle the stabbing and it's a very sad or, or an accidental shooting or something is very sad. You can leave there and you can, you know, my favorite example is go behind the Wawa and cry your eyes out. You can uh, drive around and listen to uh, night shift or failure to stop and hopefully, you know, laugh a little bit or. You can crack jokes with your zone partners as you're go. driving around, or you can even find a peaceful little lake and pray or do what you got to do to not have to compartmentalize this. Yeah, you when can
3: a, uh, drive behind the church and masturbate.
2: Yeah, which is – was my body cam That's on or something? Is, are you specific. leading to something? Strangely yeah. specific.
3: <laughs> you can go behind oh, – Well you can drive bathroom.
0: behind First Baptist Church on 3rd Avenue. Uh, 12th uh, and <laughs>
2: South. What? what? <laughs> right. <laughs> behind the tool shed. So uh, where the cameras, though. they don't point in the, <laughs> yeah. what? right. Uh, uh, that's where he, that's where the national geographic was hidden. So, um, so there's only four walls and, and it, they're not like when something very traumatic happens, they're not you don't just drive away and change the scenery you've got four walls to look at you got stupid monitors to look at and you've got each other to look at and and believe me there there are warring factions within that comp center. trauma is a very like ptsd it's not an overused term in that application in my opinion and it's a very um it's very evident that people are short with one another and people are very suspicious of one another and people are jealous of one another. Well, she got to take a 12 minute break. How come I, you know, and you, and you find little warring factions, they have clicks in there and, and you know, it just becomes tough. The I other- feel
3: like like after listening to this, the com center should be turned into like what I imagine Google to be like, you know, where you just have like all the granola bars and you know, all the Gatorades and the restrooms and the quiet rooms. You're like, if you went and worked for Google or you went and worked for Apple, like on a campus, that's what a dispatch center should be. It should be like the most calming place on earth
2: because of yeah. all the bullshit that you have to deal with. Soft lights. And, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Like it shouldn't um, it, be just like a dungeon with I, I, four walls. Like most. I would like are. to point out, like in that research project that I told you about a minute ago, I I, I suggested two things. Um, I take that back. It, the, the, the one suggestion didn't make it in there, which was canines like like compassion dogs like you know mm. uh, trauma dogs just have the dogs walk around up there wag their tails and it, it just it really there's science behind it right um kind of got laughed out of the room not kind of interesting uh the other I thing want, i
3: want an emotional support it seems like
2: a really low-cost option to keep morale high yeah yeah uh you, so you, the emotional support uh <laughs> what'd you say miniature horse yeah, I want a, a, an emotional support miniature horse. I'd like to tell you that story, but I'm a little horse. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, so uh, you I think walk around a lot in. on airplanes. Yeah, uh, uh, support uh, animals. What if you got an emotional support master, like you know what I'm saying, like a dominator, you know? It's <laughs> my, it's my, it's my it emotional like comes support. In, comes in with like Mike <laughs> crawling on all fours, like I'm holding on to the leash. Uh, yeah, that's That'd just be my dumb. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, people are petting me. <laughs> that's the Think gimp. Full, full leather, full leather face mask. Oh this is Eric, my emotional support gimp. <laughs> so, what do you mean I have to pay for an extra seat?
3: <laughs> this is my support
0: gimp. He will fit under the seat. <laughs> no, he will. <laughs> we will put him under there. He will go into the overhead bin. Yes, he will. I know because we've done
2: it several times. <laughs> you want to against... leave the lead of the leash hanging out. So, it, uh, so if he gets loud, just... you just <laughs> – uh, So anyway, uh, so think about this too. They're up there 24-7, 365. So every cop administrator or every cop that comes up with this great idea, let's – let's put shot cameras up or, you know, like, let's put this, uh, alarm sensor up, you know, like all these new apps that keep coming out that, you know, they, they sell the administration on the salespeople do. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'll just stick that in my comm center. They're up there 24 seven anyway. Okay. Well, first of all, they're spread thin as it is. They're looking, if you, if you go to a modern communication center, they're looking at a panel of like seven monitors. There are standards um, where they have to answer ninety per- percent of their nine one one calls within the first ten seconds. Those are NENA standards, NENA National Emergency Number Association. They're not really held to it, but it's a governing body, sort of, sp- so to speak. So now you're going to add a new alarm bell whistle, whatever that just keeps going off. Just imagine I wrote in the article. Just imagine, just imagine your smoke detector battery dying and that stupid chirp that you you and you can't narrow down where that chirp is coming from but it's it's annoying and it's just annoying and now you're supposed to hold your composure while the domestic violence victim is on the other end of the phone and she's not answering you she's answering the guy that's beating the shit out of her who you would prefer her to answer you you, you get where I'm going like administrators tend to pile stuff on up in that uh, communication center these people the communications people are lumped in as clerical staff. I always use this same um, example. Do you think they endure the same stress and trauma that the chief of police's secretary endures? Fuck no. I mean, is it the same trauma and stress that the records person endures, or the or the the mechanic in the in the garage? Not to belittle any of those support roles or support functions. They're all very important. Everybody pitches in to keep the, the machine running. But do you think that what the dispatchers do is the same thing as them? Yet they are classified as such. They're paid as such. Often their retirements reflect a non-high um, non risk. So it, it was horrible for me to sit up there and, and continually get pay raises because I'm a cop or continually add to my 3% a year, which was my retirement multiplier, when theirs is 1.6. And they're enduring – I'm not doing any heavy lifting as the administrator in that comp center – they're doing a lot of heavy lifting and it takes them 35 or 40 years to get to a comfortable level where they can retire. And nobody survives 40 years in that industry without dying within the first year of getting out of it. It's, it's, it's just bad the way, um, it's set up. There's legislation afoot. It's called the 911 saves act. I don't know where the legislation is now. It was proposed by a, a California, um, Legislator who started her life. Her name is Norma Torres. She started her life as a dispatcher, actually. And she proposed that at least OSHA reclassify them as first responders. Uh, I don't know where the legislation is at, at this point. I mean, but
3: it, technically, they are the first responders. They're the yeah. first one to respond to you. First first you're... responders. That's <clears throat> yeah. what
2: that's what they're referred to as. So uh, here's a dirty little secret. If you walked into your communication center or where you used to work or, or any of you listening out there and you asked – Uh, You pulled 10 people. Hey, how many of you have listened to a suicide? I guarantee 10 hands would go up. So, this is the elephant in the room. This is the dirty little secret. They don't talk about it. Nobody ever talks about it. They don't like to talk about it. They don't share. And that's fine. That's their business. That's one of the things that they compartmentalize. But they negotiate with these people constantly. Like, people often call 911 to give their last will and testament to say, I'm about to kill myself. I just want my sister to know. And I and they'll say all that. And then this poor dispatcher is begging and pleading with them. And they kill themselves anyway. And then, of course, they don't get the closure of being at the scene to know that there was a note that said, you know, I've been planning this for four weeks. There was nothing they could do. But they're they're left to fill in the blanks in their mind. So uh, it's an unspoken truth. The death of a co-worker while working, think about that. You're on the radio and – Uh, there's a very um, uh, there's just a case I'm thinking about. There's a couple of cases I'm thinking about right now, but there's a specific case I'm thinking about where a deputy sheriff was leaving the hospital after doing a DUI crash investigation. And he's getting up onto a, uh, uh, an expressway that is one way during the day and one way during the night. And there was a wrong way drunk driver on that expressway that he knew nothing about. And boom. Now, all they heard was this weird, ominous, like this weird noise coming from his radio, and they could see it was him. And they started calling him and calling him, and they knew his location. And sure enough, they sent deputies there, and, and the car was demolished. He, he passed away. His name was John Kotfila. God bless John. He was such, such a good soul. Uh, a kid from New England. His dad was a motorcycle cop, I think for Boston PD or or something like that. His sister is now a deputy sheriff where we work uh, in his honor pretty much and she's a badass. Uh, But God, I love that kid. Um, Just the salt of the earth. But at any rate, um, think of being on the radio and, and having to hold composure and then learning or think of being on the radio like Keith Thornton and hearing that Ella French is dead because they told him she got shot right between the eyes or whatever they said. And you can hear him crying, but he's still keeping it together and he's still guiding. It's a very, very tough thing to, to try to motor through, to try to push through.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, man. Well, I know, I know for a fact um, I had several people reach out that have worked with you um, that uh, sing your praises. I'm not here to blow your tires up either if you know what I mean, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's really cool to hear that perspective and it's not something that a lot of cops, a lot of cops actually downplay dispatch. Cause they, there's sort of like a, an irritation, you know, that yep. can happen and it's not like there's, it's not like there's not idiot dispatchers just like there's not idiot cops too. Like, you know, that are just bad at their job or, or, you know, need to do something else. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's an excellent perspective on, on those things. So the dispatcher in the Ella French case, um, phenomenal work. Um, yeah, we're gonna
3: here. we're gonna play, yeah, that. play it. Um we're gonna play it, but before we do, I have to get one of these ad reads because that's what pays for all this thing. And listen, man, this is the reason why we chose to bring Blue Chew on as a sponsor. Um, and we hope to keep them as a continuous sponsor. Is because of things like this, man, like erectile dysfunction is something to joke about or or, or whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, like w- w- if you're a dispatcher and, and you go through this traumatic thing, these traumatic events like this, and then you go home, it's not fair to take that trauma and then put it on your family. Like your wife still wants to make love to you or have sex with you. Um, they want you to be turned on. And, and when you have a happy wife you, or a happy significant other, uh, it's a happy life. Right. And, and so don't let the stressors of the job not be able to make it so that you can perform when you're on your day off. If you're having sex, if you're having a healthy relationship, it's going to make you better at your job and it's going to make your job better for you. Um, uh, Blue chew right now is, is uh, you can use the promo code Wolfpack, and you can try it out for free. They'll send you like four chewies. Um, Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, Alice, uh, but it's in a chewable tablet and it's a fraction for the cost. I mean, I think it's like, 20 dollars a month and you'll get like four chews or something like that i did the survey i signed up for it um and, and so uh I, i've done the survey i talked with a little doctor online uh because i wanted to learn more about this this process and uh, look i don't have a problem getting hard i can get hard all the time but if you're in a stressful situation
0: <laughs> only behind church sheds
3: only behind church sheds so when the i'm not in traumatic a
0: traumatic incidents. when i'm not, not in a weird, hot not not weird body, at all
3: but I'm not a hot porta potty in Afghanistan, it's hard for me. So I take a couple of blue chews. No, I'm just kidding. But um, uh, the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. Uh, it's very short, dude. I did this whole thing in like seven or eight minutes. I did it right before the show last week, and I literally did it like six minutes before the show. Oh, uh, we're
2: talking about the survey still, right?
3: The survey, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. and, and literally, they were like, dude, it took like six minutes. I like it was like ten questions. Do I have heart problems? Do I have this? Do I have that? And then you're like your your uh, FaceTime on your computer rings. You hit the answer button. It's a doctor. It's uh, an american doctor they walk you through ask you a couple questions and it was very big bird of cooking master i i i asked and they said hey look you know if you're having a if, if, if you're having a hard time or if you're going through a rough patch we're only giving like four a month so it's like it's not like one of these things where it's like you're popping them all the time um but they do have a doctor on staff that if, if that is your problem if you have like a severe uh case of erectile dysfunction they can help that too with bluetooth men everywhere are excited to see uh um <laughs> uh, i didn't know that was in the saturday I don't know if I can read that with a straight face. Um, with blue chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman <laughs> because when your Man, package has arrived, what? your package has arrived, meaning that you you know you're waiting anxiously for the blue chew. Look, I didn't write this. I didn't write this. I wouldn't have wrote this. Uh, I'm never excited to see the postman
2: ever. I don't <laughs> well, what I can't I can't get excited without the blue chew. So you know what I'm saying, like which came first the blue chew or the postman like yeah i'm just
3: just, excited about the blue chew like yeah like i'm just excited to see a package on my thing yeah blue chew uh but right now uh you could try blue chew for free just use that promo code Wolfpack. you pay five dollars in shipping and they'll send you to it um and when you talk to the little thing online they'll explain exactly how blue chew works you take it you wait 45 minutes and you got four four hours you can get hard just thinking about getting hard um, and you won't be thinking about dead may dead babies. Message your or...
0: and ask the postman. Would you like to come inside?
3: Yeah, you do, uh, <laughs> give me forty five minutes, and you can come on in here. been
0: Looking for you. Been yeah. All right, um,
3: and, and I'm glad we got that ad read out of the way because uh, after you listen to this radio traffic, you're going to need it to get hard after today the show. You're going to need uh, also like
0: um, some of you may know may not know um, one of the nonprofits that I've long supported and and been a part of is call for backup and a lot of their work. It's all free. They don't charge um, departments. It's been, we we've, we've done it in the military. We've done it for all first responders, not just police officers, but we have dispatchers in our classes all the time and it's all free. And it's about building, not just responding critical incident response is one thing like D de- debriefing. That's a, that's, that's its own sort of like animal. Um, but there's a lot of things that we can understand about ourselves, the job and how we can help mitigate stress on the front end so that we sort of like attack the job um, better, better equipped um, build the resilience. For, yes. Building stress resilience. And so if you are interested for your department, your organization, uh, whatever, if you check out call uh, and again, there's, there's no charge. We, you know, raise funds so that we can do that. Um, some people will pay to bring, bring us in or cover travel expenses, do different things like that. But um, there's lots of opportunities um, to learn and, and improve together in that area. So anyway, wanted to throw that out there. Not, not sponsored or anything. It's just a, just a, if it can help you. Great.
2: I do see in the com- like I don't want to be a complete Debbie Downer for this whole episode, but I do see in the comments nine eight eight is a good suicide hotline that's run by the uh, mental health society. So if you're having those thoughts or ideations or the trauma has gotten to you, like it does to all of us, uh, just pick up that phone and dial nine eight eight, and you'll have somebody to talk to. You could always call our friends at Team South Florida also. All right, you guys ready for me to play
3: this uh, radio transmission? Brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. Uh, go to United States Concealed Carry Association forward slash Wolfpack and become a member today. Uh, it's an absolute must if you're a concealed carrier. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play this, and um, you just raise your hand when you're ready for me to pause it. If if, if.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. 6-3 in bail, 6-3 in bail, give me some units, 6-3 in bail, keep the air clear. Who is this and what you got? <laughs> <Blue Cubs, Jersey. laughs> Alright, Blue Cubs Jersey, Mel Black, he's running 6-3 in bail, 76-37 on Cat the Air. Mel Black, the Blue Cubs Jersey, what do you want for 6-3 in Come please! 6 bail. <laughs> Mel Black, Blue, what you got? Blue! i <laughs> <laughs> I got an officer down, 10-1, 10-1, 6-3 and Bell, officer down, officer down, shot fired at the police, officer down, Male, Black, a Blue cub jersey, he's shot at the police, 6-3 and Bell, give me some units. 7 3 Stay off my air, stay off my air, everybody stay off the air, I got an officer down, 6-3 and Bell, start rolling. I got an officer down, 6-3 and Bell, officer shot, officer shot, officer down, 6-3 and Bell, give me some units. I want a perimeter set up at the location looking for a male black with a blue cuff shirt. A blue cuff shirt with a male black. Perimeter set up two blocks east north. And no black. Okay, I got out. All black. What is this? Give me two ambulances, two ambulances two it. Two, two officers down, two officers down. 7637 seven, Adam, ten, four, we got them coming. 6-1, boy. Get those officers right at the corner. 6-3 in Bell. I want a perimeter set up three blocks north, south, east, west of that location. I got a male black in a blue shirt. Male black in a blue shirt, Cubs, Jersey. Officer's down. over there. We got caramers coming through air, man. 10-4, we got them coming, baby. We got them coming. Stay off the air. I want people looking, guys. Last scene, southbound south, south for the location. Got a male black in a blue jersey. 61, you're on the scene. I want a helicopter. We got 63- 63 step 4 10-4, we got TH1. We rolling, guys. Um, uh, I think I better hit the one- Um, what? Oh Female, oh. uh, with the emergency, go in it. Slow it down, slow it down, we got two in custody. Stop, Stop, the out! you not Stop! the car, that guy, stop the car, that's him. I'm Guys, listen. <laughs> We've got two officers down. We need a perimeter, guys. Six, three. we got two in custody right now. Two in custody. I need a perimeter, guys. about a round to the hospital. Give me the one We need a perimeter to do the
2: thing. We the Just to break out the action a little bit, he, he uh, had the foresight to – he knew that there were two in custody. He was still trying to establish that perimeter, as you heard him say – Expertly doing so, trying to keep his composure—not trying. He was definitely keeping his composure, and he is a voice of reason because he has uh, vast experience in dealing with people who are going, who are losing it, sort of. Yeah. Uh, by dealing with people from nine one one constantly, so he's doing it here with the cops expertly. And what he does, uh, what he's starting to do, if he's not doing it more in a minute in the call, he's he's having people block the roads to clear a path to the hospital. He's this guy is just I, I can't say enough about, you know, you can't take lightly how much uh, of a guardian that dispatcher really is. They're, they are wholeheartedly invested in your safety and in your life because they feel responsible for it. Yeah, Go he's
0: uh, he's taken a wild, wild situation that's very dynamic on the ground and really taken charge. I mean, he's a freaking rock
2: star. Yes. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna hit play.
1: 104, Go we're going to USC hospital. UFC Hospital set me up the perimeter to USB hospital, guys. Give me a route. East from 63rd. Take it all the way east one at 63rd. 10463. 6-3. We're gonna take it eastbound. Are we taking both officers, guys? You know, this 10163 and bell. We're transporting both officers to USC hospital. I want all of 63 going eastbound, stop. all traffic, eastbound 6-3, stop I got two officers down, we're taking the hospital, give me a perimeter and stop all of those streets, who's got a route for me, talk to me, but all the way to 6'3 3 and Western. all the way down to 6 ten, damn it, everything needs to be possible, both sides, get a response to the 10-1, the route set up, eastbound 6-3, eastbound 6 three, take it down to western, take it down to western, all traffic, eastbound 6-3 to western, we're taking a few of for the 10-1, two officers, stop. What the Holy club We have an officer in our car. We're going to uh, USC with him. We're going down 63rd to uh, State, State to 5555 five, 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 over. Listen to the officer. Officer's going to Holy Cross. Now the trauma center. We got to get him to a trauma center, guys. Take him to USC. There are trauma steps. Go to USC. Don't go to Holy Cross. Delta gonna take them both to USC for now. USC. Approaching set. 4630. set. Approaching six and half now. Six three and half All units six three. Damon and Western blocks We're going to USC. Service Commander, sir, sir, Officer. Okay, we got you guys. let call out the location to where you're at. USC is notified. 731. What's the condition of? Standby. 731, what's the condition? That's your partner, Rap T.O. Rap, He's with us. T.O. rap T.O. Rap, What's the condition of the officer in your vehicle? He's talking right now, squad. What? Okay, 10 for Whoever had my other the officer, what's the condition, guys? 733, she's not responsive. She's unconscious. She's looking for from the beach I'm, I'm heading right now. North on 63 and Halston. About 65 down. Here you go. All right, 10-4, we got them going, guys. First, squad, one Okay, listen to me. Take that damn vest off right now and start compression. Start breathing, whatever we got to do, start it now. While you're driving, the officer in the back with her, take the vest off and start compression now. You got the air. 7 almost 15 minutes ago. Okay, excellent. Keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling. We got come in. They know you're coming in. And units that are at USC Hospital have those doors open for me. Have them open, guys. Have them ready. <laughs> go ahead, boy. Okay, hey, go We got the male officer. here. They got him in the key all right now. Side going to the emergency room. He is open. Bring him through to the emergency room side. All right, bring him through the emergency room side, guys. Guys, male officers want it to say, yeah, bring him to the emergency room. And the other female officer, please get her in there, guys. Make it quick. Be safe, getting there, to make it quick. Alright, 3 <laughs> Not in the head, just point in the eye. Both in the hospital, you'll speak. T.C. are clear. A little we have two in custody. Are these our only guys that were shooting guys in custody? T.C. is boy, 63 I put the other one in custody. The gun's being guarded by my partner, so we can get the over here to help recover. Are these folks? Are these folks? The, the guy
2: in the shop. I mean, The So, think of he, he handled business. He saved lives. He tried to. Um, and he just, he was the voice of reason. Um, that's very hard to do. And, and you heard the emotion creep in when he found out. Like, think about, it. he's probably getting digital messages the whole time and and I I, th- I don't know if he knew his mic was keyed, and he was, like, shot between the eyes, both of them, and one's dead. Or And then you can hear him crying and all that. But he's still taking care of business. He's still saying, do we have the two shooters in custody? And then clarifying, which is what, you know, even cops don't do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just uh, – I, I thought it was a poignant um, – Yeah, I think the only thing he could have done a little bit better was said, do we have those
3: two in custody – Officers who have those in custody, go ahead and take those out to the woods and dispatch them for us, right. please. Just no walk them intended. through that. Just take them out to the woods and pull your firearm out and
2: smoke both of them right now, please. Um, so Keith Thornton himself, uh, he himself on, on July 30th of 2022, just very recently did a – well, that's Carlos Giannis right there. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, Keith Thornton did a uh, a very touching Facebook post himself and it was his resignation letter and if you get a chance to google his resignation letter it's very poignant and uh it just made me respect this guy even more he said that he's stepping away from his role in that bubble because it's time for him to step out and that uh he he maintained the all all along any interview that he's done thus far is just I, i was just doing my job man like just just like you or i would kind of probably do very humble and uh he said um in his, in his uh, Facebook post or, or resignation, we're tired of it. This is nonsense. Mm. There's corruption in this city. And he specifically named Kim Fox for, for letting criminals run the show. And uh, it was pretty poignant. As a matter of fact, by the way, just as, a, as an aside, Kim Fox is announcing this morning that she's charging two officers with uh, felonies for a shootout that occurred when they were in their cars being shot at. So I don't know the details of that, but I know that she's holding a press conference this morning. Anyway, uh, back on topic, Keith Thornton was uh, – he's a hero. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. Uh, uh, I mean, look, give the guy a pat on the back. I'd love to uh, f- talk to him face-to-face and shake his hand. I know that he's kind of a humble guy. I'm sure at some point we'll get him get him on the podcast hopefully. Um, but, uh, you know, just to end on a high note, He's he, he's doing – as well as he can be and he's moved on to a supervisory position elsewhere yeah Mm.
0: dang man uh i'm gonna have to check out that resignation letter um (laughs) and see see what he had to say share that up for sure because we need it's it's crazy what's going on out there um and to think and to think that um especially for those that undervalue that a dispatcher sort of like leading the way um, with that kind of clarity and conviction, I mean, that's something I can get behind. That's a warrior, you know, like in a, in a sense of like, in, in a different sense than what we typically think of when we think warrior, um, in the, in the law enforcement or first responder world. But that dude's a warrior. Like he, uh, he would, he, he stepped up and dude, he, he, he led, he led that entire response it was awesome. And it's not
3: just, it's not just that guy. I mean, there are, I think every department knows, like there are dispatchers in every department where, you know, like when that guy's on the radio, everything's going to be okay. When Lisa's on the radio, you know, you're good. When Adam's on the radio, Hey, it's going to be a good day today because a a good dispatcher is, you know, there's a comfort knowing that. Hey, uh, all units, 422, go ahead and key up your mic. I haven't heard you in a few minutes. See, you, see you're See out on a suspicious person. Go ahead and key up your mic and just let us know you're okay out there. And, you know, for the rest of the city, you're like, oh, man, that's cool. Somebody's wa- big brother's watching me, but in this case, watching over me. And it is a it, it is a good thing. And, and um, I'm one of our officers got shot while we were on duty. And and, I, and I'll never forget that radio traffic. And going back to what you said earlier, uh, Drew, is that, that I, I think out of all the traumatic incidents I've ever been on, even overseas and over here, um, really, it's the radio traffic that plays back in my brain. And, and I wasn't there. Uh, when One of my cohorts was shot in the face. Uh, but I was on the radio and I, and I was thinking about how sick to my stomach I was listening on the radio of them pulling the car over and doing CPR and then putting them back in the car and going to the next exit, stopping, switching to an ambulance stopping for CPR and just knowing that I couldn't do anything except listen to this. And I almost wanted to turn the radio off knowing that I can't because I still had a job to do, but you know, there is this gut wrenching feeling of listening and hearing something and not having any kind of tangible way of touching it. And then my hats off to all of these dispatchers that show up every day. And it's like being a cop, right? Like we show up and we say, today could be the day guys Today could be the day that I get in the fight for my life. Or today's the day that I could save somebody or today's the day that I could make a, a real difference. Uh, I think dispatchers probably have that same mentality we just don't give them credit for it and uh you know my hat's off to all you guys i,
2: I would argue that they don't have the same mentality because they don't hear it enough it's it's it, I, we used to tell them the uh, you know in their initial uh before their academy started basically we we'd go in and give them a good kind of rah-rah speech but it, it, you you will have the potential to save a life every day you walk in the door so you are going to have to deal with traumatic information but you 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 have a pretty good shot at at changing someone's life for the drastically if not saving it i don't
3: think i've ever seen a dispatcher at a life-saving award ceremony no i've never seen a dispatcher get a (laughs) distinguished service cross don't
2: don't even get me started on on that Please don't get me started on that, okay, but, yeah, well, because, yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it was tried, but uh, and that's why I say administrators, this is, as a communications center administrator that's a cop that sees both sides, uh, that's that's the fight and that's the downfall. If you're going to put me in, in charge of that, at least have the decency to hear what I have to say and why it's important for you and for their morale to at least recognize them. Now, they do get recognized. I, I'm not saying that, that, that it never happened, but... Uh, here here's, here's what I would just say to kind of put a bow on this. Um, the first contact that any citizen has with a law enforcement agency when they dial 911 is a dispatcher. It's not a cop. Uh, that, the, the cop eventually shows up. So if you're not taking care of, if you're not maintaining or you're not focused on the well-being of that dispatcher or, or emergency call taker in this, in this example – They're going to be mean, and they're going to be nasty and agitated, and they're going to agitate a situation over the phone just based on what their fight or flight is telling them to do, and it's not necessarily their fault. But what happens when you, Eric, show up in the Southeast (laughs) District, and she's just had an argument, and the complainant's just had an argument with the 911 operator? They're mad as a hornet, and they see you, and you're the face of the person they just talked to. So now it's escalated between you two. Mm -hmm. or or mike or you know whatever i mean like now it's escalated so please you know keep them in mind um call call your dispatchers give them closure on a on a tough case uh include them in any training that you do it's it's you know i could go on about that but but certainly if you're not including or you're a dispatcher and you're not included in a critical incident stress debriefing start like, me wanna just go get away Makes me want to just go get
3: a Chick-fil-A platter and just take it down to the comp center and yeah fucking drop it
2: off. Because cops get a
3: that sauce. shit all the time. Cops get, you know, we go to the roll call room, we get donuts or coffee donated. But how often does dispatch get that?
2: They get it quite, if you're, f- if you're, quite frequently. If you're
0: good to your cops, then you okay. get it regularly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they do get it quite frequently. And, 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 <laughs> that's true. They do get that quite frequently. In some places, they get it more frequently it a than shit not. call. I'm giving you a shit sandwich right back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, man, this has been a, a very powerful and eye-opening uh, episode, maybe one of my favorites, actually um i learned uh, just so much today and i and i appreciate it and for those of you who don't know uh drew breezy is going to be helping us out with the youtube content he is a retired guy with too much uh with with too much knowledge to keep waste he's a a humble and selfless guy and he said you know i was asking him to kind of uh you know what he thought on things and and i just you know we asked him hey man would you like to you know Would you like to come over to the failure to stop YouTube channel and provide us some content, um, some shorter six to 11 minute content? And uh, after talking with Mike, Mike convincing myself to do the same thing. And Mike saying that he may, you know, wants to kind of put some content out there. So if you're not liking subscribing to YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit like today, share this thing out. And we're going to we're going to hear a lot more from Drew Breezy, giving us all sorts of solid, uh, shorter Based breakdowns on some things from his ex- like very extensive police background being uh, demoted and promoted and moved around and being yeah, on we really, we really
0: want the YouTube channel to expand. Obviously, the podcast is sort of like, uh, you know, the beating heart of this thing, but uh, there's no reason to not continue to expand that content. Um cut up more for reels and shorts and, and answer questions, you know, law enforcement and culture, it's a never ending conversation that's going on. It's going on out there and to have, have uh solid voices, you know, of people helping. I, I think it's kind of like two sides, right? Like always encouraging the cops that are in the field, um, the first responders out there, but also educating people that are non-cops that are, whether they're supporters or, Skeptics, you know, like helping them to understand things from a little bit of a different perspective. So increase the old tolerance out there, you know.
3: Yeah, if you want to meet Drew Breezy, uh, he and myself will be at the Island Girl Cigar Bar for their 10 year anniversary. They're doing That's
0: some a- Island Girl. I'm an
3: Island Girl. Island
0: thing. Island
3: girl. Um, trying to make it. Uh, so we'll be at the Island Girl in <laughs> Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, which is in Jacksonville, uh, between kind of Jacksonville and Daytona, St. Augustine area. But it's a little town called Ponte Vedra. Um, if you want to meet Drew Breezy, we'll be there 7 p.m. this Saturday, tomorrow, 7 p.m. The Island Girl Cigar Bar. Come and say hi to us. Come and try out my rum. Um, there's a couple whiskey makers that are going to be there. I think there's going to be some pro athletes in there as well. Uh, big 10 year anniversary Island Girl Cigar Bar. Uh, and come and meet with us. And, uh, guys, you got anything else, Mike, you've got a wedding to go to brother.
0: I got a lot to do, man. I got to get a lot done in the next hour. So, all right, Um, well, um,
3: we'll sign it out then, baby. We'll let you get to it, man. You got to walk that man down the aisle.
0: That's right. (laughs) That's
3: right. (laughs) All right,
2: guys. All right. Guns Guns up, giddy up, boys. Guns up, giddy up.